The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. Hey, we got Coach Gordon Roberts with us this weekend. Coach, there's a whole lot of stories going on in, in the world of sports this week, and some of them have nothing to do with football. The University of Florida suspended their quarterback indefinitely. Hey, we still have cases of um, sexual abuse and violence going on in our sports world. What's going on, Coach? Well, Daryl, I'm in St. Louis, and like you said, it, we've talked all season long that we hate to think of so much of the off-field stuff affecting our games week to week. But it does every week. Yeah, every week is something. And, um, and this week is, is, is no different. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, they just um, suspended one of their players indefinitely. A defensive lineman named Shelby arrested for a, um, a disorderly conduct. Uh, apparently he's having some fights with a, with a police officer in the parking lot of a nightclub. Um, a gentleman's nightclub at that. Well, Coach, you know, uh, you would think these guys were smart enough uh, to understand that they're too much in a spotlight to do stuff like that. Yeah, and they got to understand that. But, you know, Coach, um, some of these guys, they really throw it around probably too much. Hey, do you know where I, where I work or I play for the NFL? Or You know, when you're riding around in these fifty dollars or $60,000 cars, uh, you really think sometimes that, you're invincible, and and a lot of these young guys they they get caught up in situations, you know. But um, when you look at this kid's mug shot, um, he got beat up pretty pretty good, <laughs> yeah, and um, I'm sure, um, you know, you know, uh, Miami and Fort Lauderdale police they don't they don't play around when they take you down. They really take you down in forces, and um, I, well, I'll give you an example. Um, if you're ever looking at a college football game and you go back, way back to the 80s, you don't see a lot of people storming the field in Miami because the police don't play that crap down there. They just don't play it. Well, he, he didn't look like he played much of that in this weekend. No, nah, he didn't. And, uh, and, the, and the young man's name is um, Derek Shelby, a Miami Dolphins defensive end, suspended indefinitely for um, – you know, uh, just apparently being a fool because when you look read the story, it said that the um, the security at the nightclub asked him to leave several times. Then the police even asked him to leave. Um, I think when the police come and they ask you to leave me, leave. That means whoever you're riding with, 
Could y'all pick me up down the road? I'll be a couple of blocks from here sitting at a bus stop. Pick me up from there when you leave. Because that means they want me to leave the property, man. Um, yeah, I don't understand how people don't make good decisions. The guy, you know, or the guy could afford a taxi. You know he could afford a taxi. He's an NFL player. Come pick me up. I'll be walking down whatever the street is and pick me up. You know? Exactly. You know, and, and there's a new story out coaching. Um, I guess this is a kind of feel-good story. Mike Holgram um, is possibly coming back to coach. Um, the Oakland Raiders had a conversation with him, and um, you just never know. I, I, I hope things work out. Oakland Raiders have been one of my favorite teams for a long time. You know, Holgram, he's, um, he's 66 years old, and um, I think it might be a good move. At the same time, um, being 66 years old, um, coaching in this sport, um, I'm just not so sure. Well, Coach, you when we were talking about before we came on the air, I wasn't aware how much history the guy had with uh, Southern California. And uh, he mentioned after this interview that he's always liked Southern California. So, uh, and, I, and I say that because I know that we talked earlier in the season that the NFL doesn't want to have a franchise back in Southern California because it's such a big media market. Yeah, it's a huge market, you know, and, um, and, and Hogan last coach, um, he was a head coach of, um, the Seattle Seahawks from 1999 to uh, 2008. And he's been, um, he was the team president for the Cleveland Browns from 2010 to 2012. And, and trust me, um, this guy really knows his way around football. Um, you know, he's, he's, he was a great coach at one point in the NFL. And, and when we talk about people leaving <coughs> under their terms, he left under his terms. Um, I, I, I kind of hate to see him come back because if he comes back and he's, he's, he loses eight straight, and he's only in the league for one year or two years of losing. I don't think that's going to look good on his resume. And and trust me, um, Oakland is a prime place to do just that. Get your resume all whacked up, messed up, man. <laughs> well, Coach, look what happened with uh, Joe Gibbs when he made the mistake of coming back. Yeah, and but he came back to, to the Redskins, you know, and he – and the Redskins were so messed up at the time when he got there that, it, you know, he couldn't really lose his name or his faith, face playing, uh, coming back to Washington. Man, you go to Oakland, and that's like, like going, that's like going to the Dungeon of Death as for a coach. You know, how many coaches have they had in Oakland in the last four years? Coach, uh, the last one I know that was successful was Gruden. Yeah, and when was that? That was in the yeah. 80s? <laughs> no, 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 Coach. <laughs> I'm kidding, night, Coach. But, but still in all, it's been that long. It's been, I know it's yeah. been 16 years. And we've had seasons where, multiple seasons, where the where the Raiders have gone through two head coaches in one season. Oh, you yeah. Know? Yeah, so, um, you know, <laughs> hey, it's, 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 not, it's not a good place to go and, and think you're going to go there and build a, a Super Bowl franchise in a year or so. Uh, I just don't see that happening. And, um, but they have got to get somebody in there that really knows football and, and not somebody that, that, that looks like Doogie Howser or somebody that really doesn't have that, that look that they know football, you know. And um, so I, I, I hope that Hogramon does some things out in Oakland. 
you know, if he takes the job, I think they'll give him enough help to maybe make it happen. I feel sorry for the Oakland fans because I think they've always been pretty supportive, even though they haven't won a lot in the few last you know, 20 years. Yeah, and hey, um, and 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 let's give the Raiders a, a little credit too. Um, you know, this week they they um, they got rid of Dennis Allen, right? And um, they hired they appointed Tony Sperano, uh, who was the uh, offensive line coach and offense coordinator, to the head coaching position. You know, and and Tony Sperano, he he got fired from the from the Dolphins a couple years ago. Um, because he was not an efficient coach. And um, I, I, I just don't see him turning the Raiders around this year. However, if he does turn the Raiders around and win maybe six or seven games or put a four-game winning streak together, I could see them hiring him on to be the head coach next year. Well, I think, I think if they're going to move to South, uh, South California, Daryl, they need a different name. I think they need kind of a – a look at, you know, somebody coming in and, you know, we, we talked about it. Uh, there's an article about how uh, the front office and Jim Harbaugh had a big meeting today. In, you know, in San Francisco. Is, yeah. Yeah. So, and you, know, you never know. And, and you're right. And you never know, Coach. But I guess I, I look at that. Um, how, how could you get rid of one of the best coaches in the league right now. I mean, how I, I'm looking at it like it's, it, you're selfish or you are, or you're not a real team player. And I'm talking about the 49ers organization to where you have one of the best coaches in the league. He's a young guy, fiery guy, and you don't want to do everything you can to keep him on. He's taking you to the Super Bowl. He's taking you to the AFC champion, NFC championship. I the mean, years. Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't see how you wouldn't want to do everything um, to to keep him. I, I, I just don't see that. And supposedly, coach, it's from some of the veteran behind the scene players that are that are talking. And what makes me wonder is they're talking. What are they thinking about? Shouldn't they be thinking about? Whether or not they can uh, get back to the Super Bowl again, I mean, I'm, I'm with you, coach. It's, it's almost like you know Green Bay Packers and saying, "Hey, we don't want Mike McCarthy as our coach anymore. Um, he's just he's just too much of a winner. He's too good of a coach for us to keep him around." I, and that's that's how it sounds in San Francisco when you hear hear whispers of um, of Jim Harbaugh maybe losing his um, grip on a team or maybe him not having the following of his team. This is crazy because every week on Sunday when this team performs, they're winning. You know, they won over the weekend. So I, I, I just don't, I don't understand some of this stuff that goes on. Coach, uh, you know, there's some, some surprises. Who would have ever thought that uh, Dallas Cowboys would be 4-1 and one now? After that first week, they lost that first week pretty bad to San Francisco. And everybody said, oh, you know, they're done. Romo's done. Da, da, da. Now they've pulled off four victories in a row. Um, 
look at how, you know, uh, San Diego Chargers, I don't know if anybody's playing any better than they are right now. I, I, I would agree with you, Coach. And, um, and, when we, and when we look at that game yesterday of the, um, the Texans and the Cowboys, you know, there's more than, than just Des Bryant uh, being productive at, at the receiver position for the Cowboys. Now, Des had nine receptions for, nine, for 85 yards, but you look at the other guys that are, that are doing things for Tony Romo um, in this offense, and, and we see um, this, this, this kid Murray still running the ball with a lot of, with a lot of excitement, 31 carries, 100, 136 yards. But, hey, Jason Witten, He's gonna be he, he's gonna be solid every week for you. He's gonna catch four or five passes for about fifty or sixty yards. And yesterday was no different. He caught four passes for fifty nine yards. Hey, I, I just you know they're doing some things in Dallas and um and and it's just not one person um doing the these things team. for the Cowboys. The whole team. Yeah, yeah, and and their defense is, has come around and, and it's playing some serious football. Well, I know in the NFL today they were talking about, you know, one of the coaches on there was saying, hey, uh, Murray, uh, kind of quietly, nobody's mentioned it, he is tied now for five uh, five straight 100-yard games start the season. It's only been reproduced by two other running backs. One was Jim Brown uh, and the other was O.J. Simpson. If he does it again this week, uh, that'll make him placed with uh, uh, Jim Brown, who did it seven, the first seven games back in like '58. But it'll be interesting. I, I'm interested to see if, in fact, they uh, can pull off a win next week against the Seattle Seahawks, who are playing tonight. Yeah, that is going to be very interesting, and I and um, I think the more interesting story is going to be: um, Will he break? Uh, O.J. Simpson record. Will he? Will he have that that six game of 100 yards? Man, that is that is quite a story. But an even bigger story, Coach, is to see the Cleveland Browns running rough shot right now at two and two in the league. Um, they beat the Titans over the weekend. We we barely we rarely hear uh, anything about Johnny Football. Um, this guy Hoya has has made this his team. And the Browns are competitive every week, and that's a credit to them. And 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 Daryl, I tell you, uh, they set a new NFL record for comebacks from regular season. You know, and they were down twenty five points and came back and won. You know, that's that's pretty amazing in itself. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And hey, um, you know, um, this guy Ben Tate. Uh, the running back for the Browns, who's uh, I'm not, I'm not definitely not going to call him a reject from the Texans. He was, he was Aaron, Adrian Aaron Foster's backup, and always was a solid running back. But um, he's been a very productive back for the Browns thus far this season. Uh, he had 22 carries for 123 yards. And uh, hey, if you can get that kind of production out of your running backs, you're gonna, you're, you're gonna, gonna have, some, you're gonna win some game. Yeah, because now, now. He's been hurt. This is his first game back since the first game of the season. Yeah, but now you get 
the play action. You know, linebackers have to respect it when you got a running back that can run the ball in, in, a, in a physical uh, back like Tate. Well, uh, it, it'll be interesting. I I think that, uh, you know, we were talking about this, but Adrian, you know, we were talking about people on uh, the outside talking about football. Uh, uh, Foster from uh, uh, Houston says that nobody in the NFL as a player likes to play on Thursday nights because oh. it makes the week too short and people get hurt. Well, um, if any indication of the last couple of weeks, last couple of Thursday night games, you know, um, I mean, the Giants beat up on the Redskins a couple of Thursday nights ago. Um, um, Tampa Bay uh, beat up on, um, I can't remember who it was they beat up on. And, and, and over the weekend, we saw another, um, last Thursday, we saw another onslaught, which was, which was not a, a, um, a, good game. a very good game when the Vikings got destroyed by the Packers. You know, and, and the Vikings were uh, without Teddy Bridgewater, but still, I, I would have to agree with you, Coach, and you, you hear guys complaining about playing on a Thursday night because it is, it is such a short week. If you play on Sunday and you got to play on Thursday and everybody else is playing on that Sunday again, that's – that's not a lot of recovery time because, you know, you're really just in your maybe in your, your main main day of practice on Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday. You're off on Tuesday. Wednesday and Thursday are your two work days. Friday is a kind of cool down day. Saturday is a travel day. And, and hey, you, you know, Friday is a travel day. And Saturday is just basically a walkthrough. Um, I would don't agree totally. Don't have three of those days. And, Darrell, you know, as the season grows longer, at whatever level, it could be any level, uh, toward the end of the season, you're spending more and more time in that ice tub uh, just trying to get your legs back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and a lot of these guys have to, have to deal with that, Coach. You know, but yesterday, um, the Bears and Jay Cutler couldn't Ugh. pull it through. You know, but, but Cam Newton, hey – he seems like he's getting a little bit healthier and a little bit healthier every week. And I, I, I just have to tip my hat to Cam Newton because I just don't see this guy having a whole lot of weapons on his team besides himself. And his, and his tight end, Coach. Him and his tight end. I mean, Greg if Olson. I was going to stop the guy, now that they've lost uh, Smith, I would just cover the – I'd double the tight end because that's the only guy that catches the big – Passes for him. I I would agree for you know, and Greg Olson, who who's a who's an All Pro tight end, um, Pro Bowl tight end several times. Uh, he he is his main main selection, but Cam Newton is like I say, um, this team is still rolling. You know, they three and two, and um and and they beat a a quality team over the weekend in the Chicago Bears and Jay Cutler. I agree. Yep. Yep. Well, hey, guys, you listen to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Radio. We'll be right back with more sports information after these messages.
alternate flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info. You, um, Coach, um, um, the Coach Caldwell of the Detroit Lions came out and said that um, he brought back Calvin Johnson too early. And if he had to do it over again, he, would have, he wouldn't have played Calvin Johnson on Sunday. And he's probably going to sit Calvin Johnson out this week and possibly even another week so he can really get healthy. Um, I don't think, well, definitely when you lose by three points and Calvin Johnson goes out early in the game, uh, that's, that's a big reason you, you didn't win, especially against the, the um, Buffalo Bills. And the Buffalo Bills started a, a new quarterback this week. They uh, benched E.J. Manuel and, and brought in Kyle Orton. And Coach uh, Orton, you know, he's kind of been uh, – uh, the Charlie Brown bad luck boy, you know, he, he started at uh, Chicago and had a winning record, gets traded to Denver, starts and starts doing all right, and then they trade him because of the Tebow whatever situation that happened. And now uh, he was the backup, and now he's going to play again, I guess. I, I guess the guy's just – you know, journalmen and around the, the league. And and he's always been productive, though. Um, that's one of the things you got to say about Orton is that this guy's been 
productive. Every every chance he's got to get on the field, every chance he's gotten to get on the field, he's he's taking advantage of it. And um, hey, I'm I'm happy for him. I, I I'd love to see EJ Manuel um, get his chance again, and he will. But I think uh, right now Kyle Orton's going to take this team as far as they're going to go this year. Yeah, and I think uh, coach that they tried to bring Manuel along too quick, and uh, he just didn't have enough NFL savvy, and it's awful hard to learn the, the position, that position especially, which is so important in the NFL, uh, when you're playing every week. You're not learning every week because you're scrambling and, and just trying to get that win. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And 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 Kyle, um, Kyle Orton has, has, like I said, he's, he's proven himself time after time but but more than anything, coaches, um, you never hear this guy say anything negative when he should have been a starter or he should have had an opportunity to play earlier in his career. He's always been a team player and kept his mouth shut and gone on about his business and done his job. Well, I, and I think that's what you call him as a team player. And I think that's what why coaches around the league, whenever they get a chance to gobble him up, they do because they know he's going to stay uh, actively involved in the team uh, game plan. He's going to know if he has to come off the bench what to do and how to do it. And so, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that, you know, as a coach, I really admire uh, the professionalism the guy shows. Well, you coach, know, Coach, my, my vote for uh, all pro this year is going to be Philip Rivers. <laughs> Uh, I tell you, Coach uh, Philip Rivers, uh, he sees it come through all the time. You know, um, he's lost all his running backs. He lost Ryan uh, uh, Matthews. He's lost uh, Danny Woodhead, and uh, and he's still winning. Hey, Coach, he still has Antonio Gates. You know, and if you get close to the goal line, just throw it up to Antonio Gates. He some kind of way comes down with some remarkable catches all the time close to the goal line. Coach, you know, he's a Hall of Famer. It's just a matter of time. You know, as soon as he retires, five years after he retires, I know he'll be in that first ballot. Oh, without a question. And, and, and you know, Coach, um, um, San Diego appears to have found themselves a running back. And, uh, and I'm talking about my cousin, Brandon Oliver. And we're not related, but I'll just claim it because he's having had a couple good games. You know what I mean? But anyway, my cousin Brandon Oliver, coach, you know, this young man ran 19 carries for 114 yards for San Diego. And he, and he looks a little bit like Sproles. Remember, uh, Darren Sproles, he played for San Diego for a while. And uh, he, he looks a lot like him. He's that kind of a build. I think he's like 5'9", like 220 pounds. He's yeah. just like a park plug. Or bowling ball, whichever one. You know, it's hard to tackle those guys, man. They're short, they're powerful, they bounce off you, they're always spinning and turning. So, yeah, I, I really think Phillip Rivers has found themselves a weapon there in this guy, Brandon Oliver, and he's a, he's a nice nice receiver out of the backfield. Uh, he targeted him four times, and he caught four passes for 68 yards. So uh, I, I, know, I know Phillip Rivers has to be happy with that. But, Coach, you're right. When Geno Smith... Um, he only threw for 27 yards and Michael Vick only throws for 47 yards and they combined for 60 yards 
in the air. Wow. I mean, Rex Ryan's job is definitely on the line. Man, how can you sleep at night when you got two NFL quarterbacks that throw for less than 100 yards? Yeah, Coach. And and the thing about Rex, you know, they're, you know, they're getting beat up on defense because they can't get first downs. Can't I think move the, the sticks. Half, I think in the second half, they, you know, they had like two first downs in the second half. Yeah. And, you know, um, when – when Phillip Rivers has 20 completions and the Jets have 12, wow. I mean, come on, it's just, wow. That's, it, that, to me, is um, that's mind-boggling. And, and the Jets use two quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. well, Coach, I, you know, and, and I don't – will they keep Rex for the whole the rest of the season? How many more losses does he get before they, uh, they do like they did to the guy at Oakland? That's a good question, Coach. You know, will, will Rex see Thanksgiving with this team? Yeah, I, I think if they're undefeated, if they if they don't start winning some games, they're done. And you know, right now, right now we're at um, we're at a quarter of the season. You know, will he make halfway through the season? Will he make a half season at the rate he's going? And I, I'll say this: if they get shut out again within the next two games, I think he's fired. Yeah, and if I they agree. lose the next two games, he's pro- if they lose the next two games in an embarrassing fashion, like they lost uh, over the weekend. Yeah, I think, he's done. I think he's done. Yeah, yeah. because you, you can't you can't lose thirty one nothing in the NFL. It just just doesn't happen. Even the worst teams, um, and and I just can't put um, the Jets in the category as one of the worst teams in the league. But even the worst teams put up better performances and. Than uh than that, but coach, we all we keep talking about um about Tom Coughlin and the New York Giants and Coach Coughlin may lose his job, but hey, I'm not so sure if this guy Smith may lose his job first in Atlanta and um, the New York Giants beat the Atlanta Falcons um, thirty to twenty over the weekend, and hey. Philip Rivers, like we talked about earlier, like we talked about last week, he really appears to be making an adjustment with this new offensive coordinator. Yeah. Well, Coach, I'm going to tell you what. Uh, Eli uh, has been very residual like his head coach. And we've talked about Tom Kaufman. The worst thing, if you're an opponent, is for the media to come out and say that Kaufman's finished and through. Then the next week you're going to get beat. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and that is Eli Manning I met with the um, new offense coordinator. And and Eli Manning, hey, this guy knows how to win, coach. He has two oh, Super yeah. Bowls under his belt. And and he's and he's really laid off the interceptions. I mean, he hasn't thrown in interceptions, I don't think, in the last two weeks. And um it's it's a big it's a big a big improvement on what we saw in the preseason and what we saw early in the season when the season started. Well, Coach, I'm a, I think it was taking him a time to adapt, and I think that this new – he's doing the West Coast offense, which is all little down checks all the time, and uh, put the ball in the playmakers' hands and expect them to, to get you the first down, to get you in the end zone. And, yeah. I, and it causing him less chances of, of having to throw the ball straight downfield and, and possibly get uh, a pick. Yeah. And, you know, um, the 
the Giants have a, a a running back that they drafted very early, a Heisman candidate last year, uh, this kid Andre Williams, who's a rookie. And they also have Rashad Jennings. You know, Andre Williams, he ran 20 rushes for 65 yards. That might have been his breakout game for this season with the Giants. But Rashad Jennings has had a solid season thus far this year. Um, 10 rushes, 55 yards. Uh, he, he's, he's had, a, like I said, a solid season. And who would have thought that after playing for the Jaguars last year and just not really doing very much at all? But that just lets you know that the quality of team that he's playing for. He's playing for one of the best teams in the league in the New York Giants and the Jaguars. That's another story. You know, Coach, you were saying that uh, possibly uh, how bad uh, Rex Ryan and them look at New York. Uh, you went to the Jags game this week, and uh, I think Jags got to get the, the Jets on their schedule because they could beat them. <laughs> I, I think uh, the Jags are playing. You know, they're they're owing, You know, one of the uh, teams that are doesn't have a win. But I tell you what, I think they're going to get somebody. Well, the Jags have the Giants on their schedule at home, and I, I just don't see that as being a, a good win for them. And you know, I, I was at the game yesterday, looking at the Jaguars, and and if it was anything that that stood out to me. The Jaguars really have no running attack. I mean, um, this guy Storm Johnson, who played at University of uh, Central Florida last year with Blake Bortles, uh, was a leading rusher, and he had four carries for 27 yards. I mean, uh, the the free agent that they brought in to be the workhorse was is Toby Gerhardt, four rushes for nine yards. I, I just don't see it. And then then you have Shoelace. On a team, the guy from uh, from uh, Michigan, the quarterback, who's a converted running back, wide receiver, kick returner, punt returner, um, Denard Robinson, he had three rushes for six yards, and he is really nowhere close to being an NFL caliber running back. That's that's without a question. He's one of those guys you just put him in there and, and run him in the flat, or run him on an arrow takeoff, or running out, run him out of the backfield. Because he's not somebody that you can run between the tackles or the guards. And, Coach, I don't think they ever saw him as that. I, I think they've always wondered exactly where to put the guy. And I think he's a slot receiver. I think he's, you know, maybe a speed runner, you know, where you run that that speed sweep or something. But he's definitely, like you said, he's not a, a typical NFL uh, running back and never will be. No, he, he's not. And, um... And, and Ladavion Bell for Pittsburgh. Now, on the other hand, you really saw a real NFL running back tandem yesterday when Legarrette Blunt and this kid Bell, when they when they run the ball. I mean, they run with aggression, very patient guys, and um, they, their running attack was was far more proficient than um, than the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, Pittsburgh ran the ball for 111 yards. Jacksonville ran the ball for 56 yards. It's just not. It's it's, it's not going to work when they're not competitive. Competitive at those stats. And coach, you know, we both talked uh, last week. Is uh, is uh, Tomlinson on a short lease? Well, he won against Jags, but I don't know. Uh, are the Jags uh, one of the worst teams in the NFL? You know, um, I'm not sure if the Jags are one of the worst teams in the NFL. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure I'm going to put them in the same category as the Raiders, but. Um, 
I, I think um, Tomlin has in his favor is that the Pittsburgh Steelers have never fired a coach. So that he has in his favor, and I think that may, that may help him. You know, um, one of the things that helps Tomlin right now is I think Ben Roethlisberger being a true veteran quarterback. And uh, even though he looks a little slower, um, he does get the ball out of his hand very quick, and he seems to find the open receiver uh, a lot of times. Where the kid Blake Bortles, um, he threw a crucial interception late in the game yesterday uh, for a touchdown, and um, and that just really kind of sealed the deal um, in this game. Actually, I think they had a chance. The score was ten ten nine at the time when he threw that interception. Jack, the Jaguars never recuperated from that, and um, the game was over. Well, uh, I, I I I still feel like that the Jags will get somebody this year. They'll get a couple of people this year, I think. Yeah, you, know, and, you know, Coach, I'm one of those guys that believe that um, nobody will ever go undefeated again in the NFL. And I just think it's almost as hard to go winless in the NFL as it is to go undefeated. It might even be harder to go winless in the NFL than it is to go undefeated. Well, because you've got the injury factor. You got, uh, you know, all these guys are an athletes, but we all think, oh, well, we're playing Jags. I, you know, I really don't have to really work hard this week because we got the Jags, and that'll get you beat because all these guys are professionals. I don't care what team they're on. You're right. You know, you look at the Rams um, against the Eagles yesterday. You know, the Rams, the Rams lost to the Eagles, thirty-four twenty-eight. However, the Rams scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to bring this game pretty close. You know, and the Eagles didn't score in the fourth quarter. Hey, this, this was, this was a, a lot closer game than it appeared. And, um, because they got a block punt and they also got uh, a six pick, I think. And, and that's 14 of those 34 points. And then you're talking about, it would have only been 20 points that they scored. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and who would who would have ever thought that it, that that game would have been as close as it was? Because the Rams are are really struggling with with one win. You know, the Eagles are in first place in the division with four wins. But hey, that game was a lot closer than um than a lot of people thought it should have been. Yeah, well, you know, and it'll be interesting because you know the young quarterback that uh, the Rams has is was the fourth string quarterback at one time at the beginning of the season. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yep. And you know, um, um, the Kansas City Chiefs beat San Francisco. Um, Kansas City lost to San Francisco, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The 49ers beat them 22 17. Now, yeah. and you know, I watched most of that game, Coach, and Kansas City had a chance to win it uh, even at the end of the game. Yeah, and, 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 um, there, I have to give credit to um to the Chiefs quarterback. You know, this this young man has um um uh, uh, Smith. He's he's yeah. really turned into being Alex Smith turned into being a pretty good quarterback for the Chiefs. And he and and I think that's what's happened is uh he does a great job with the the talent he has. The little running back is pretty good. Um Giovanni and uh 
No, that's Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles is Jamal Kansas Charles. City. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, maybe one of the better running backs in the league. And then uh, I don't think he has that many great receivers. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Bowie, to me, he'll catch it if he's open, but uh, he doesn't make it happen, I don't think, too much. Yeah, I, I would agree with you with um, Dwayne Bow. He's um, he'll catch it if it's right there at him, but you're not going to see him make too many spectacular catches. But he's going if it's right there, he he's 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 right on it. But he's not the guy that's going to be diving across the middle and seeing people make these one-handed spectacular catches. He just doesn't do that. But um, Antoine Bolden, hey, he's still Antoine Bolden. He's going to always be at the top of the receiving list for this team, and he's just got one of those guys that's going to bring his lunchbox and his and his hard hat every day, every practice, every game. Uh, you know what you're going to get all the time. And he and he, you know, coach. You know, there's certain guys in the league that you look at that are that way. You talked about Witten, the tight end at uh, the Dallas Cowboys earlier. I'll tell you another one, Reggie Wayne. He's come back and. And uh, he's having a good year again. Yep. Hey, Coach, hold that thought. Because when we get back, we're going to talk about Reggie Wayne and a whole lot more NFL and a lot of college football as well. Guys, we'll be right back with more Sports Info UM after these messages. flagship station for sports voice america sports sports continues to grow and evolve to ever increasing prominence in today's society on all around sports host john inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world including players owners and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you ready to talk sports with a passion? Get ready for Cheap Shots with Luther Broughton and Micah Warren. We'll start off with the NFL pretty much always, but the talk moves along from there. We'll talk about the events of the week, opinions from the big names, and predictions of what's to come. Plus, we'll get to hear from you, the ultimate fan. Don't let the name of the show fool you. We're in it for the good stuff. Cheap Shots can be heard live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. 
That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, Coach, yesterday um, Peyton Manning did what he, what he does. Um, they beat the Cardinals 41 to 20. Um, Peyton Manning, um, he, Manning threw his 500th TD pass. I think that's quite, quite remarkable, um, to be honest with you, Coach. Oh, Coach, you know, he, he may be the best all time. It may end up being that he ends up being the best all time. But, uh, you know, he beat an undefeated team. Uh, the Cardinals were undefeated coming into that game. And uh, he proves that he can, he can, on a given Sunday, he can beat anybody. Exactly. You know, and, and Peyton Manning does what he does. Um, he threw for, he, they, they made 24 first downs in that game. And if there's a quarterback that we're going to remember that move the sticks, move the sticks, move the sticks, it's that guy, Peyton Manning. He can move the sticks. I mean, he put his team in, in really good positions all the time. He's not going to make a lot of mistakes. Yeah, he's not going to beat himself normally. Yeah. However, he did have two interceptions yesterday, and that's that's uncharacteristic of Peyton Manning. Well, Coach, what's so funny is the, the first one he had, he made the tackle. And and uh, you could see Fox talking to him on the sidelines like, hey, don't do that. Let the guy score. We don't care. <laughs> Oh, hey, um, this guy, um, Julius Thomas, he had two touchdowns, and Demarius Thomas had two touchdowns. Demarius Thomas had eight receptions for 226 yards, though. You know, um, wow. When you got, when you got that kind of production from wide receivers and tight ends, you know, and then you have Emmanuel Sanders over there, uh, he had seven receptions for, um, for 101 yards. Yeah, coach. Uh, and, and you know that, uh, Peyton is going to spread the wealth, and so you're going to have a hard time uh, if you're on the defensive side of the ball. If he gets time, he's going to hurt you. Yeah, he he, he can hurt you if he gets time. And um, you got to have pressure on Peyton Manning, just like you got to have pressure on, on uh, Tom Brady, Coach. You know, Tom Brady last night just picked the Cincinnati Bengals apart. And uh, I actually saw some production from uh, from Gronkai, um, Rob Gronkowski, and um, he looked pretty good last night. You know, I guess we always have to um, lean on the side of caution with him because he is injury prone. Uh, and just like he had a, a good game yesterday, you never know what you're going to get from him uh, as far as this season is concerned, especially when we start talking about injuries. Well, Coach, I'm going to tell you, though, uh, I think the reason that they won so uh, decisively against the Bengals was their running game was pretty darn good last night. Yeah, yeah. You know, they they ran for 220 yards. Um, you know, and and when and when we started talking about rushing and um, Gian, Giovanni Bernard, who's who's one of my favorite running backs in the league, uh, he only rushed for um, 62 yards, 13 carries, 62 yards, and the Bengals team only ran for 79 yards. When you got a team that's running for over 200 and your team is not even getting 100, um, that's a big discrepancy, and that's usually a, a, a big deciding point on who's winning and who's losing. Well, Coach, watching that game, 
it was definitely uh, you know what they decided. New England decided, and, and I think Belichick does a great job. He decided that he wasn't going to let uh, AJ Green beat him or that running back. Hey, and he, and he did a good job. And um, and his is another guy, you know, Belichick. Just a week, almost ready to throw the dust on him, you know. Um, he he comes back and, and, and put together some wins. And this was a big win um, beating Cincinnati, who, well, who, who was undefeated. One, yeah, one of the teams undefeated and was the leading defensive team in the league uh, going into that game. And, Coach, I'm going to tell you something. Everybody puts him and, and Brady, you know, they, they lose a couple. And their own fans, uh, that's what I can't get, their own fans are their worst enemies. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. But hey, you know, Belichick, he rubs a lot. He rubs a lot of people the wrong way, including his fans. You know, um, even fans of New England don't like the way he handled handled the media per se, and how he's so short with with the media and with his comments. Um, how he never seems to think that uh, wearing a shirt with a collar matters. Uh, you know, I think that rubs a, rub a lot of people the wrong way. Well, he uh, he definitely is one of those guys that's not playing to the media. And uh, uh, before the game, they were talking about how everybody was was so upset with him and everything, and they kept asking him about, well, "What do you think if you don't win this week?" And and he says, uh, "All we're thinking about right now is Cincinnati." And then they ask him, <laughs> "He says all I'm thinking about is Cincinnati." And then that asked him other questions. All I'm thinking about. So, Coach, his response to about five straight questions was, all we're thinking about is Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah looks, I heard that. It looks like that worked good for him. <laughs> hey, you know, Coach, um, this every year there's upset Saturday in college football. Well, oh actually, upset Saturday started on Thursday when Arizona – a unranked team beat the number two team, Oregon, and, right. and they and they beat them pretty handily. Um, you know, um, the score was thirty-one twenty-four. Um, I it started then, coach, and I tell you, Oregon seems to every year they seem to do the same thing. They get so close, but some kind of way they lose a big game or lose a game they shouldn't shouldn't lose, and hey, it downhill spir- spirals from there. And coach, and then the rest of the weekend, you know, who would have, if you'd have said at the beginning of the year that the two Southeastern Conference teams that would be undefeated, one would be Ole Miss and one would be Mississippi State, who would believe you? Coach, if anyone has said Ole Miss is going to beat Alabama in the preseason, we would have laughed at them and really they would have been they would have been a laughing stock of whoever they were around, but that was not the case on Saturday. Uh, Ole Miss beat Alabama seventeen um, twenty three seventeen in Mississippi. Yeah, and coach, I'm gonna tell you something. Then Mississippi State just put a whooping on Texas A and M. Yeah, Johnny Trill. He didn't look so he didn't look so Trill on uh, on Saturday, and you know, it, it almost it almost made you wonder uh, for a while now. How do these teams think they're going to be able to get through an SEC 
was just throwing the ball, throwing the ball, throwing the ball. I mean, you really have to have a running attack in the SEC. I just don't see where you're going to be able to win week after week without having some type of ball control offense. And Mississippi State, they definitely have a ball control offense. Coach, uh, you know, I, I was sickened when the way they beat LSU, but uh, then I kind of take heart the way they beat uh, – uh, they came back and jumped on uh, uh, A&M like they did. I think uh, they're the real deal. That old Miss Mississippi State game is going to be a heck of a game. And, you know, Coach, um, coming into this week, we, uh, we talked about Oklahoma as being one of those teams that could possibly get – one of those final four spots. I just don't see that happening now after them losing to TCU 37-33 in Texas. No. And, Coach, I'm going to tell you what. Uh, we What we may end up seeing, too, uh, when you think about the – it is going to be a bloody brawl when they try to figure out who's going to be one of those four teams – to be in the playoffs. I think it's going to be tough. Yeah, I I think it's going to be very tough. But, Coach, if old Jameis Crab Winston keep winning and and putting up numbers like he had on Saturday, um, I think Florida State is going to be one of those teams that make it to the Final Four because I think their advantage is they're not in the SEC. They're not going to get beat up week after week. They're in the ACC where they got to play Miami. And, hey, I I just don't see that as being a a, a tough road to get to where they want to go. No, I agree with you totally. I'm thinking what's going to happen, Coach, is it's going to be teams, uh, you know, the team that comes out of the Southeastern Conference is going to have at least one loss, I feel. Well, I look at at possibly one or two teams in that Final Four, is going to have one loss. Now, is Michigan State one of those teams that beat Nebraska over the weekend, 27-22? Is that one of those teams that we're going to be looking at and say, wow, Michigan State has a chance to be one of those teams? Are we talking about a Notre Dame team who's 5-0, and uh, who beat Stafford over the weekend, a big victory for them, 17-14? You know, this is a team that we're going to be looking at, and we know the clout that Notre Dame, Dave carries around on their shoulders, if they have a whiff of an opportunity to get in the Final Four, you can count them. You, you can write it down. You can pencil it in. They're going to be one of those Final Four teams. I agree. I agree with you, buddy. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, whether it's true or not, it's just like with Florida State. You know, who do they play? I mean, uh, Notre Dame doesn't play the teams they used to play back in the day. You know, they don't play uh, the toughest schedule that they did at one time. Right, right. They they don't. So, I, you can, like I say, you could almost pencil them in for, um, for one of those positions. Yeah. And we talked about it earlier uh, before we came on the air, Daryl. We said that, you know, Florida State's, uh, you know, they had to beat Clemson. And it doesn't look like uh, Florida's going to be that big of a threat to them. And so who else do they have on the schedule uh, the rest of the way that has a real legitimate shot of beating them? I can't say it's Miami, Coach. 
as much as I'd like to. You know, yeah. I, I just can't say it's it's Miami. You know, but they they play Wake Forest. Uh, not well. They beat Wake Forest over the weekend. They play Syracuse and and they got Notre Dame coming up. But after that, it doesn't seem like it's a lot. Um, Florida State plays Notre Dame, coach. Yeah, they play Notre Dame. Um, well, October eighteenth. That'll put somebody out. Yeah. Now this is a game that's that's a little scary for Florida State, coach. They play Louisville Thursday, October thirtieth. Yeah. Now that's a scary game for Florida State, and they play Louisville at at Louisville Papa John Stadium, seven thirty ESPN on Thursday night, Halloween night. Wow, that could be a big that could be a, a big loss for Florida State. Um, but um, but if this, if they're the championship quali- uh, caliber team that won it all last year, um, they should get past that as well. Yep. Hey, coach, you got the final word. We got our last minute. Go for it, coach. I'm looking forward to this week, and hopefully, we'll have all the excitement we had this week. And uh, look forward to hearing to you then. Hey, I look forward to it, too. Um, University of Miami, they play uh, Cincinnati, Bearcats this weekend. Hey, let's go Canes. Let's get it back on track. Put the wheels back on the road, man. All right, Coach, it's always good. Peace out. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then. 